Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company? Once again, if you're looking for a used vehicle, go to rbcarcompany.com. If you are a premium subscriber, uh, we posted the premium video earlier this afternoon. This is all about Representative Taylor Green. She's uh, had, People are calling for her to resign because of comments that were made on Facebook back in 2018. We talked about that. And we'll also, in this uh, hour, we'll get into San Francisco. They, they finally made a ruling on the school name changes. We'll get into that. First out of the docket, though, um, this is to be expected. This is something I told you to look out for. The statehood bill for Washington, D.C. has been introduced. <sighs> Family is vacuuming above my head, so I apologize about that. It's not like I... I'm the breadwinner of the family or anything. Uh, Senate Democrats on Wednesday reintroduced legislation that would make Washington, D.C. a state. It is bolstered by having the majority in the chamber and the likelihood now of passage. And you should also understand that uh, I think Jen Psaki was the one that was asked about this the other day, about what Biden's feeling was on this. And she said he fully supports the measure. Of course he does. Uh, if you get uh, D.C. statehood, it benefits the Democrats tremendously. Uh, the most polarized, well, I should say the most partisan city in the entire country is Washington, D.C. There is no other place in the United States with a significant population anyway that is more biased in favor of one party or the other than Washington, D.C. I think it's like 90% Democrat or something. It's insane. Uh, you don't even have those numbers in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is about 75% Democrat. Uh, so it is it is a, a hugely partisan place. So they're going to make it a state. Um, now, this could have some ramifications, obviously, on, on all of the encompassing territories that, uh, you know, are technically their own states and all of that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how residency works out. But uh let's see senate democrats again introduced this legislation the effort is being led by senior delaware democratic senator tom carper who was the state's junior senator when biden was in the senate before he became a full-fledged usurper uh, the bill would give dc residents full authority over local issues give them full representation in congress according to thehill.com and it was first introduced back in 2013 so what is interesting about this, Carper says this, okay, ready? Carper says, by the way, this story is at theburningtruth.us, my website. This isn't a Republican or a Democratic issue. It's an American issue because of the lack of fair representation for D.C. residents is clearly inconsistent with the values on which this country was founded, he said. <laughs> now, who actually believes that garbage? It's not a Republican or a Democratic issue. Yes, it is. It's all designed to maximize how many Democrats are in the Senate and in the House. Period. D.C. becomes a state. You've got all of the House representatives that go because of it. And you've got two new Democratic senators. So now Republicans have to overcome an extra two Senate seats every election. It's exactly about Republicans versus Democrats. The district has a population of about 700,000 people, more than several other states, such as Vermont and Wyoming. So, again, Republicans have said that the effort uh, to give D.C. statehood is only to add two Democratic senators, increasing their opportunity to control the chamber. Exactly. Uh, that's really what it is about. 
So, again, is it possible that this could happen? Biden's been a long supporter of this. It's not just now, but is it possible this is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty possible now. So it'll be interesting to see what Republicans try to do to stop it. But I'm, t- I'm telling you, all of those, all of the fake Republicans out there tried to say, oh, it's a moral issue. Um, I don't like Biden's policies, but it's a moral issue. There isn't a moral reason to vote for Biden. As I've highlighted for many years on this show, Biden is universally acknowledged as being a pile of crap by everybody around him in Washington, D.C. We've got mountains of video evidence of him being highly, highly inappropriate with not only women, but young children. Okay, so you're calling him a pedophile? No, I'm saying a creepy old man who grabs people and pulls them into him against their will and sniffs them or kisses them on the head would be something that everybody would be very upset about if he had an R next to his name instead of a D next to his name. That's what I'm saying. And I pointed out, remember, there's this MMA fighter. He's a Korean fighter. After the end of the fight, you're supposed to take your picture, right? Usually have one of the ring girls there. He reached out. He grabbed her by the waist. He pulled her in. Okay? She stumbled just a little bit, but she, she regained her composure. He grabbed her by the waist, pulled her in, took a picture. She said she felt uncomfortable. And he was ostracized for weeks and months. His career is almost completely over. Because he sexually harassed that woman. He forced her. He put his hands on her without her permission. And he dared to put his hands not just on her, but on her waist. And then he pulled her into him for a picture that's horrendously abusive. We've got video of Joe Biden doing that with young kids. We've got video of Joe Biden doing that with women. That's just Uncle Joe. Yeah, that's what you say. When you want to protect somebody because of their influence, not because of their integrity. As I've highlighted before, he said John McCain, same situation. John McCain wasn't known to be a, a you know, a sexually inappropriate or deviant individual. It's just John McCain was known universally as being a jerk. He's not the only one. I mean, there's a lot of people in Washington. There, and you have a right to be a jerk if you want to be a jerk. But let's not let's not pretend that you as a Republican, for the few of you Republicans out here who actually did vote for for Biden, because there weren't that many of you, and I assure you there were not over 80 million of you, but for those of you out there who are Republicans who voted for Biden, there isn't a moral argument. There isn't one. Everything that you say is immoral or wrong about Trump, Biden is actually done. Most of the stuff you say about Trump with, it's it's not even been documented to have happened. It's just pure rumor. But the stuff that has happened with Biden is real. Biden's actually said racist things. Biden has actually been accused of of sexual harassment and assault and everything else with a credible witness, not somebody who's not a credible witness. And yes, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but somebody who's accused somebody of sexually assaulting them, but then several weeks later was calling them up and asking to go to dinner, and asking to go to lunch, and asking for a job, and that's not a credible witness, and that's what happened with Trump. And, like I said, the one way that Biden could have proved that she was a liar was to open up his records at the University of Delaware. He chose not to. All he had to do was open up his records. She said she filed a complaint. It would have been in his records, and all he had to do was give them permission to open those records to prove she was lying that a complaint was not filed. And Larry King, who just passed away, 
At the time that the alleged assault happened, that woman's mom called Larry King without naming Biden, without naming her daughter, and explained the story exactly as it was presented to all of you during this last election, all those years ago. There's no doubt, if nothing else, her story hasn't changed. She's got a lot of witnesses around her from that time who accused Joe Biden of doing this. Do I know if he's guilty? I don't know if he's guilty. What I do know is that that case was not treated like any other case. It certainly wasn't treated like the Kavanaugh case, of which there was never any actual evidence presented, and the key witness doesn't even remember anything that actually happened that night. But it's just bizarre watching this stuff kind of unfold. He's never been considered to be a good guy, ever. There's not a moral case for him. And you start throwing in here that we're going to do statehood, we're going to do the energy. I've had people asking me, what about the market today? Stock market is down. Huge, right? Now, under Trump, if the stock market went down, so it's a leading story, but it always bounced back, usually within two days. If it wasn't the next day, it was the day after that. So we have until Friday. If the stock market doesn't bounce back by Friday, it's a little bit different than the pattern we've had for four years. But people have asked, you know, is it the Reddit thing with GameStop and all this other stuff and the hedge fund people? Is that why the market is down? Or no, I, I don't think so. I think it's because of the executive orders. Uh, particularly the new ones that came out today about drilling that have come out of the uh, the Biden White House. Now, people are looking at this, and I know that the, you know, even Fox News here on their, our news break was like, oh, the markets are uh, down big today because of COVID. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not down because of COVID. They're down because of something else entirely, which is transparently available for everybody to see, but I digress. The other thing is, some newly declassified FBI documents have been released. And they have some very interesting things in there about scumbag Comey. Huh. Got that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, we are broadcasting live at dlive.tv slash Casey the host. If you wanted to watch a video instead of listening at 953mnc.com or the free MNC app, newly declassified FBI memos provide startling new details that undercut the frenzied 2017 effort to investigate Donald Trump for obstruction, which of course never happened. So, Real quick, just have to remind everybody about Scumbag Comey. Uh, some of you might know him as James. So Scumbag Comey, who I turned into a meme on my website for various reasons. Everybody wanted Comey fired the morning that he was fired on the left. All right. So we woke up that day. We found out that James Comey had overinflated the number of classified emails from Uma Abedin's laptop that were found on Anthony Weiner's laptop. And because he had overestimated a number, he, you know, came out that he had, had said that there was a lot more of those emails on the laptop than there actually were. There still were those emails on the laptop that was glossed over by everybody. But the liberals that morning, the left of the country, said because he was wrong about that number of classified emails on the laptop, that he was unjustly smearing Uma Abedin, okay, which is... Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman. He was smearing her, and therefore Comey needed to be fired. 
So all morning that day, there were calls for Comey to be fired on that that count by the left in this country. I've played you the montages. We went over it the day that it happened. I mean, it was just one of the most bizarre things. If you need to know anything about tribalism, the firing of James Comey and what happened in that 24-hour period is the perfect example, a flawless example of tribalism. In the morning, the left wants James Comey fired because he was lying about Uma Abedin. So Donald Trump fired him. And the moment Donald Trump fired him, the same people, and and I don't remember all their names specifically, but we quoted the tweets at the time. The same people that had tweeted out that morning with blue check marks next to their name, who had tweeted out that morning that Comey should be fired for what he has said about Uma Abedin, then said it was obstruction of justice for Trump to fire Comey. The same exact people. And we're talking about a 24-hour period where you wake up in the morning, Comey should be fired for what he has done. He's fired midday. And then at night, everybody is saying, who had wanted Comey fired, is now saying that Comey should never have been fired. He's the pillar of integrity, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's one of the most bizarre but illustrative things about our society that you will ever run into. And as far as I know, I was the only guy to pick up on it that day. Which is why which is why I did like an hour on it on the show. But here's here's something else that has come out here. So newly declassified FBI memos reveal that F, the FBI knew Director Comey's firing had been conceived by Justice Department leadership long before the president pulled the trigger during the key moment in the Russia probe, which of course was a made up nonsensical thing that Comey was also responsible for. The memos written in May of 2017 by acting director Andrew McCabe, also corrupt, and a lieutenant also provide contemporaneous proof for some of the more jaw-dropping lore of the now-discredited Russia collusion scandal. For instance, the memos directly state that then-Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein offered to wear a wire to secretly record Trump in the Oval Office and that Rosenstein, who also wanted to seek Comey's advice after his termination on a possible Russia special counsel. Now, we've known about the wiretap thing for a while, but it was rumor. It wasn't confirmed. It is now. Told you, Rosenstein. Hashtag told you. Rosenstein was a steaming pile of garbage, too. So the documents declassified by Trump during his final 24 hours in office also provide a tantalizing list of names of Trump administration considered for FBI director, including former Democratic Senator Joe Lieberman. You, re- Yeah, I know. I know. Trump, that evil partisan guy, was considering Joe Lieberman, who, for the record, don't agree with Joe Lieberman's politics. Joe Lieberman is a national hero because Joe Lieberman killed single-payer health care in this country. Everybody forgets that. Joe Lieberman was the guy that prevented full-blown UK-style healthcare in this country when, when uh, the Obamacare thing was, was being debated. J- uh, Harry Reid had made it very clear they weren't going for Obamacare, which Obama had actually campaigned against, because Obamacare was actually Hillary Care, and Obama campaigned against it. Then they get into office, and all of a sudden Obama is supporting Hillary Care, but they've renamed it Obamacare, and... They weren't going for that. They were going for a full-blown UK-style single-payer system. And Harry Reid is on record as saying this in interviews. I've played them on the show in the past. 
Harry Reid said, we were going for a single-payer system. Joe Lieberman killed it. We couldn't get it done with Joe Lieberman, and we had to compromise, and that's when Obamacare was born. And, of course, Obamacare went through a couple of iterations before finally the Democrats rammed it through. Um, Joe Lieberman is a national hero. Just so everybody crystal clear, and I don't agree with Joe Lieberman a lot. But Joe Lieberman was being considered by President Trump as director of the FBI. Uh, Ex-director and eventual Russia special counsel Robert Mueller was being considered. Mueller had no business. Mueller resigned from the FBI in disgrace and shame. Mueller's tenure as FBI director was one of the most ridiculous and horrendously awful tenures in American history. It was so bad. Uh, and I watched a bunch of people who didn't know anything about Mueller when he was being uh, touted as a special counsel, was like, oh, Mueller's the pillar of integrity. Golf clap. Pillar of integrity. I'm like, no, he isn't. Do you not remember all of the scandals with the FBI under Mueller's leadership? Mueller's tenure as FBI director was horrifically bad. And his hand-picked successor, Comey, almost as bad. Probably worse if you add in the fact that he tried to commit a coup. He also was considering retired General John Kelly. Probably would have been a good choice, actually, to be honest with you. Eventually, Trump settled on former prosecutor Chris Wray for the job, which was a huge mistake, in my opinion. Uh, Biden says he's going to keep Wray on for now. The memo's most explosive revelations chronicle the decision by McCabe in his early days on the job to open a formal investigation of Trump on the grounds that Comey's firing may have been an act of obstruction of justice designed to thwart the Russia probe, which again was manufactured by the FBI, in part by the FBI, and isn't a real thing. The notes show McCabe informed Rosenstein during a May 16, 27 meeting, one of the first after Comey was fired and McCabe became acting director, that he had opened the obstruction probe. I explained that the purpose of the investigation was to investigate allegations of possible collusion between the president and the Russian government, possible obstruction of justice related to the firing of FBI Director James Scumbag Comey, and possible conspiracy to obstruct justice. That's what McCabe wrote in a typewritten note of the meeting. Now, again, this is all very interesting because the FBI is fully aware that there is no collusion with Russia. They already knew that this was a made-up story because they helped hatch the plot. One of McCabe's lieutenants, who also attended the meeting, then-bureau attorney Lisa Sidepiece Page, took her own notes, observing that Rosenstein's expressed outrage over Comey's firing seemed odd since Rosenstein had revealed to FBI officials he, and then-attorney general Jeff Sessions, had been contemplating firing Comey since January of 2017. So Lisa Page is sitting there going, why is McCabe so upset at Comey being fired? We've known that Comey was going to be fired since January of 2017. Why is he so upset? Page wrote, this is a strange comment. Because it was my understanding that the DAG had previously indicated that he and AG Sessions had been discussing firing Director Comey since January. But given the nature of the conversation, there was no room for follow-up. Huh. So again, the Trump administration, from the very beginning, was considering firing Comey. He was not fired simply because of a Russia probe. 
There was no obstruction of justice, even though it wasn't obstruction of justice anyway. His full authority to fire Comey, and he, with good reason, fired Comey, who, again, um, snuck notes out to journalists of private meetings with the president. Huge breach of national security and protocol, but I digress. So all of this stuff. Now, I realize there's a lot of you out there going, okay, but what's going to happen because of it? Not a thing, but you know what? Smear them. Smear them with the truth. Make sure everybody knows what actually happened here. So that way there is no blank spaces in anybody's story or their recollection of this. They still peddle Russia collusion. Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi are still talking about a secret police force to investigate conservatives and their ties to Vladimir Putin. Now, this is extremely interesting because the guy who ran Hillary's campaign has ties to Vladimir Putin. His whole family does. And that only came out, the only reason you heard about Hillary Clinton, who still won't go away, the only reason you heard about Hillary Clinton and Pelosi talking about finding out what uh, conservatives' ties to Vladimir Putin might be, is because one of the other pieces of material that was declassified by Trump on his way out was that the entire intelligence community had acknowledged that the Russians were targeting Hillary Clinton's camp far more than Trump's to help her win the election. That little nugget came out. Did it get massive airplay? Nah, of course it didn't. You heard about it in one or two places, of course here being one of them. I've been telling you this for years. There's still a couple of of commentators out there that learn about this for the first time, and they're like, whoa, I've never heard of that before. It's, I mean, it's a multi-year-old story that they were also helping Hillary, but they were also helping Hillary in a much larger, larger uh, operation than they were helping Trump. And that was released in the de- declassified reports here just last week. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. The 1984 march of fascism and Bolshevikism and all of the other isms that you can think of continues. As once again, another proposal to go after anybody who disagrees with them and barring them from serving in the government or the military. All right, so this is happening again. Florida Democratic Congresswoman Stephanie Murphy is upping her game with all of this, according to hotair.com. New proposed legislation from Murphy would prevent anybody who participated in the January protest and riot at Capitol Hill from being eligible for security clearance. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand. While there were hundreds of thousands of people there at the protest, a couple of thousand participated in the breach of the Capitol. So anybody who was there who didn't do anything wrong is now being lumped into all of this. Get it? Further, she would impose a similar ban on anyone who participated in in any Stop the Steal rally. If you went to a protest because you believe the election is stolen, You are not allowed to get security clearance under this woman's legislation. See this? (laughs) Or anyone who knowingly engaged with QAnon. All right. I'm not a big fan of QAnon, but if you happen to engage with QAnon, you are not allowed security clearance. By the way, the QAnon people are going to have a lot of fun with that. It's just because it plays right into what, what they do. 
Given that a security clearance check is required for virtually every position applying for a federal job in many state or municipal jobs or enlistment in the military, Murphy would be banning an entire class of people from public service, even if they never engage in any violent activities. So, in case this perplexes you as to why I'm bringing it up as a big deal, um, do yourself a favor, just pick up a couple of history books. Or, or you know, you could do History for Idiots and go to History, history Channel. And you can start looking at all of the things that all of these totalitarian and fascist and communist regimes did. And one of the things that they did is they made sure that the police and the military were only filled with people who believed like they did. And anybody who didn't believe like they did were not allowed to join. Then you start understanding just a little bit. Just a smidgen of what's going on. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Uh, this is amusing. Somebody just said, my friend's biggest hang-up with me, Casey, yours, yours truly. If he's okay with that insurrection at the Capitol, I can't listen. Uh, one, not an insurrection. By definition, not an insurrection. Uh, two, I wasn't okay with it. <laughs> I wasn't okay with it. Have never been okay with it. Have repeatedly denounced it. Did live coverage of it where I denounced it. So, yeah. You must condemn it to please the lefties. But I did. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, see, here's the thing. God forbid you point out the fact that it was, without a doubt, and this is undeniable, okay, of the major mobs, riots, whatever that we had over the past 12 months, it was the smallest, the shortest lived, and the least violent. And it is being treated as the exact opposite. That's just the reality. That's my big issue with it. Uh, we, we covered that on live coverage of it. Like, the media will pervert the coverage of this thing. And that's exactly what they have done, 100%. Uh, the other thing that we have to address, and I think that this is critical just before we get out of here, I don't need to go into great details of it. Anybody who tells you Pete Buttigieg would be the first openly gay cabinet official is a liar. Don't care who they are. It's not true. Richard Grinnell, a Republican, was the first openly gay cabinet official. Have a good day.